What's up guys? Welcome to the next installment of our mini-series. Today we are talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. We are finally into the 2019 playoff teams. Uh, they finished, the Eagles finished 9-7 and seven last year. They won their division over the Cowboys who finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, But they were the first team eliminated from the playoffs on that Saturday. Uh, Seattle beat them 17-9 in the wildcard round um, in Philadelphia. So... They look to turn things around this year um, as far as fantasy relevancy goes. That's what we're here for. And my projections for Carson Wentz in the quarterback room, I got him for about a little over 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. So he's one of my higher touchdown guys I got this year. Uh, 260 rushing yards on the ground with another touchdown on the ground. So I got him coming in at about... 359 fantasy points um, under Dak because Dak has a lot more in the rushing game, I believe. But I got him at uh, more passing touchdowns. So uh, outside of Carson Wentz, they went out and drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, which is a very, very confusing. Why did they pick this guy? Um, I mean, it's not like Wentz is old. Yeah, he's missed some time in this league. Nick Foles has had to step in for him a couple times. Um, but it's not like he's at the end of his career. And when he puts together 16-game seasons, he is he's great i mean it's not even uh he's not even a guy that that you want to try to replace it's maybe for insurance maybe they'll have him on the field J jalen hurts maybe they'll have him on the field for um trick plays kind of like a Taysom hill in, in new orleans but i don't know i mean as long as carson wentz is healthy this is his team hurts i don't think he's he's a late round dynasty pick or a late round rookie dynasty pick if you want to put him on your team uh, he, he really doesn't have any standalone value unless Carson Wentz is not playing. Yeah, I mean, I think that Carson Wentz's entire career changed when he tore his ACL against the Rams, and now everybody's always scrambling to make up for that. I mean, I, I love Carson Wentz, and people forget that he was probably going to win the MVP that season before he tore his ACL. I mean, he was on an absolute tear, and he was on pace to probably throw for a round 40 touchdowns give or take so I mean he was having a huge season and people forget how talented he is just because he's run into a few injury problems so I, I love him from a fantasy standpoint I'm surprised you didn't bring up your statistic he was the first quarterback last year to throw for 4,000 oh, yeah. yards <laughs> and he did not have a wide receiver he had tight ends but not a wide receiver over 500 yards so that's crazy when you think about it yep. and when you look at the guys he was throwing the ball to late last season I mean I can't even remember their names because they're probably they probably didn't even make XFL rosters honestly so I mean this is a uh, it's an improved wide receiver group I'm not super optimistic but it's not worse than last season not that that's saying much so this is a uh, other factors in his favor this is a very strong offensive line the uh the run game should be very strong when you look at last season he finished as the ninth overall quarterback in terms of fantasy points he uh, averaged the 13th most points per game. So he was a QB1 with that terrible wide receiver core. So I, for me, he can only go up. This is a guy where when he's fully healthy and he goes through a full 16-game season, 
he is 100% a threat to be a top five quarterback. And I know a lot of people don't have that opinion, but he's shown that ability in the past. And if he puts it all together, he can 100% outperform his ADP, which is as the 12th quarterback off the board right now. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Jalen Hurts, too. Uh, I mean, I loved Jalen Hurts. I really wish he landed in a better spot to uh, become a starting quarterback. But to me, this is the equivalent of handcuffing your guy in fantasy <laughs> leagues. I mean, that's the reason why they drafted him. Even though second round seems pretty lofty, it definitely is. But at the end of the day, if they're handcuffing their investment in Carson Wentz and really hedging their bet to make sure, okay, if Carson Wentz goes down, we know we have Jalen Hurts and we know that we're still going to be competitive. And uh, Jalen Hurts is the kind of guy, he's a team first player. If you ask him to be Taysom Hill, he'll do that. If you ask him to just be a backup quarterback, he's a great teammate. He's a great player to have in your locker room. So he's a great addition overall from a fantasy standpoint. It stinks because if he starts, he is very mobile. And he's the kind of guy that could be a threat to be a QB1 just based on his legs alone. So if Wentz was to go down, I love Jalen Hurts' value. But at this point, I would probably just stash him on my taxi squad and kind of see what happens. Yeah, and just uh, before we get into the running backs, just to back up a little bit, that stat about the 4,000 yards and the 500 uh, without a wide receiver going over 500, I mean, that's the type of numbers that you would typically see out of um, a playing from behind quarterback on a team that just is absolutely terrible. Um, somebody like, say, the Bucks last year, Jameis Winston just chucking the ball over the field. Now he obviously had Evans and Godwin, so he didn't have those exact numbers. But those, like the, the stat line itself, is like um, some like a six and ten record team, and this team was nine and seven with that. So I mean, that just shows like how Carson Wentz is. That just shows what he can do for a team. And you put talent around him, he's just going to be better. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, getting into Miles Sanders in the running back room here. Miles Sanders is the clear-cut number one. Jordan Howard is not there anymore. He he went off to Miami. Uh, Boston Scott is really the handcuff there. Corey Clement has seen a little bit of time uh, on the starting roster. But, I mean, Miles Sanders, he's one of your favorite guys. I know that, so I'll let you talk about him a little bit more. Um, but he is... He's growing on me, too. I, I I would love to have him at the end of the first, early second round if I could pair him up with, say, a Josh Jacobs, a Kenyon Drake. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even mind, like, I don't want to reach for an Austin Eckler, but, like, even having maybe, like, a Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler combination, something like that, I, would, I wouldn't mind that with a, with a top top end wide receiver if I could if, if Austin Eckler could even drop a little further so I could get, get kind of get all three but yeah I mean this is Miles Sanders backfield Boston Scott he's not really a huge threat he might be on the field a little bit um, Miles Sanders and we like to bring it up uh, every episode he he has returned kicks but now that he is the alpha back there they might take those duties away so he doesn't get hit more than what he has to um so we'll see but if he's returning kicks then that also adds uh, some value there too yeah so first i want to preface this by saying deuce staley their running back coach former eagles running back came out recently and said that this was miles sanders backfield this isn't the reason that I love him. I mean, I've talked about I've talked about coach speak before, but I mean, do you want their coaching staff to come out and say, hmm, "Yeah, Miles Sanders"? It's Elijah Sanders Holyfield's backfield. 
Yeah, I mean, eh, Miles Sanders, he's not going to play that much, and he stinks. I mean, publicly, they're going to say positive things unless they're a terrible head coach so or coach in general. So that's not the reason I, I love him. I mean, number one, he is way more talented than Boston Scott. And I've seen several people say, oh, you know, Boston Scott's going to take away carries. I mean, there's no doubt. Boston Scott will probably be on the field around, you know, I'll say 25% to 30% of the time. And, uh, you know, that's good. If Miles Sanders can get on the field between 70 and 75%, then he'll uh, he'll have huge numbers this season. And that's really what my argument always boils down to with him is when you look at last season, he only played on 53.7% of the snaps. And you already mentioned there was a huge majority that went to Jordan Howard. So if we see a 70 or a 20% increase in snap share, I mean, we could realistically be looking at a season where he has 16, 1700 yards. He's their primary catcher out of the backfield. Um, I think Boston Scott, maybe will see some red zone touches. If anything, that's where he'll come in more. Boston Scott's not the biggest back either. They're both kind of smaller guys, but uh, even the argument I've heard a few times that when Boston Scott performed, that Miles Sanders wasn't as effective. That's not true. When you look at the second half of last year, Miles Sanders was very effective. And I guess I didn't even really mention with those only 53% of snaps that he played, he still had 1,300 yards as a rookie and 50 receptions. And, I mean, that's unbelievable when you really think about it. So he was 15th overall in PPR formats as a rookie only playing slightly above 50%. And you're telling me now that Boston Scott's the only guy in the way and he's not going to be a at least top 10 guy. You know, I, I just, I don't buy into it. So I, I love Miles Sanders. I think the sky is the limit for him. And um, I'm really looking forward to a big year from him. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch him. Um, who's so who's opening up the holes for Miles Sanders and Boston Scott to run through? Well, it's a, it's a pretty damn good offensive line, I would say. Um, Andre Dilliard, the left tackle. Uh, they got the second-best Kelsey in the league and Jason Kelsey. Um, Jason Peters, who actually was a free agent, uh, had no offers, and um, he decided to come back and move to guard because Brandon Brooks is on IR. So... Uh, he's not protecting Carson Wentz's blind side anymore. He's inside to right guard now. Um, Lane Johnson is on the COVID list, but it's it's not not saying that he has it or doesn't have it, and how long that list is. But um, so he could be back playing right tackle for him at some point, or if not, I mean Casey Tucker is uh, is a perfect is, is a perfect player for that spot too. So what does uh, PFF have for the Eagles overall ranking for the offensive line? So they finished seventh last season, and they have them projected as the 10th best offensive line. They're a little stronger in the run game, so that only helps Miles Sanders as well. So a uh, very strong unit, very consistently in the top 10. So I would expect this year to be no different for them. All right. And then uh, moving on to their wide receivers, uh, one of the bigger opt-outs in the fantasy world, if you wanted to even count it as a fantasy opt-out, would be Marquise Goodwin. So that's just one less wide receiver on this team. But they are pretty 
they're loaded with names. I mean, they, it's not like they don't, they really don't have that big alpha wide receiver like a Michael Thomas or Julio Jones or anything like that, but they got a bunch of guys that can get the job done and, uh, and, and kind of help out Carson Wentz. Uh, the biggest name uh, that's not starting on the pup list is Deshaun Jackson. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is starting on the pup list. Their first round pick this year was Jalen Rager. Uh, so he's definitely going to be out there a lot and, Probably from day one, he's going to be a, a pretty much an everyday, every week starter. Um, and then a couple other guys, they, they drafted a couple later on guys this year. John Hightower and Quez Watkins in 2020 draft. In 2019 draft, they took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside uh, from the Walmart University of Walmart. They got Greg Ward, who saw some time last year. So they got, like I said, I mean, it, it's definitely from week 17 and even in the playoffs last year, to right now it's it's a huge overhaul and huge upgrade um and maybe we'll see a wide receiver go over 500 yards this year for Carson Wentz yeah I mean I think overall this receiver core just scares me I don't think if I I'm necessarily going to be trusting very many of them Alshon Jeffrey was kind of intriguing to me because I think he would have been by far their number one weapon if he was on the field. We'll see if he does get any game action in this season. I think it'll be challenging for him, but if he is healthy, he's an intriguing option. He should be involved in the red zone. He'll be a big target for Carson Wentz, who has a big arm. So, because uh, and I've mentioned this before, I think Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rieger are more stretch the field kind of players, and maybe Jalen Rieger can prove me wrong. Maybe they have him listed as their starting slot wide receiver. So if he ends up running a ton of routes out of the slot and he really works on his route running, he can definitely become an effective wide receiver. But uh, to me, I think the name that I'm kind of intrigued by a little bit is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside because I want to see what they do with him, if anything else. I mean, he was a second-round pick. He barely played last season. And when you're looking at all these smaller wide receiver burner types, even John Hightower, who you mentioned, is more of a uh, downfield threat. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is really the only big-bodied receiver they have on this roster. So to me, it could be possible, especially if they have Rieger playing in the slot. You could see Whiteside and Deshaun Jackson starting opposite of one another with Rieger in the slot. And, you know, they do run a lot of two tight end sets, so probably they won't have a slot wide receiver frequently. But I'm just interested. I know Arcega Whiteside's not really being drafted in a lot of leagues, but he's a guy that I'm kind of monitoring because if he does get that snap percentage and if he's on the field running routes, I do think he could be effective with Wentz, and Wentz wants to throw to big-bodied guys. He just doesn't have any available right now. So I uh, I kind of am intrigued by Arcega Whiteside. If you're able to stash him on your taxi because it's eligible for first- and second-year players, I definitely would put him on there, and I'd throw him on your watch list uh, if you're in a deeper league. But overall, I'm not really targeting any of these guys. They're all going later in drafts around wide receiver 50 and later if you made me pick one of those starting guys Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rieger between those two I'd probably go with Jalen Rieger just because he's younger they have him listed in the slot so he'll have probably a higher volume where Deshaun Jackson is always a two catch for 80 yards kind of guy for me and it's very inconsistent and, and not to mention he's getting older and he's past the prime of his career so I take a chance on Jalen Rieger but 
I think in the end, I'm probably just staying away from it, which is crazy to think that you have a quarterback you're confident saying is going to be a QB1, but you're staying away from all of his wide receivers. It's just a yeah. bizarre dynamic. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of those things where um, you you can draft any of these guys and you're not forced to play them in the first couple of weeks because they shouldn't be they shouldn't be drafted in uh, the earlier part of your drafts and then kind of see what the target share is like, see how Jalen Rieger is used on the field, see if Deshaun Jackson is anything more than just a, a downfield one trick pony and then kind of just play it that way. If Rieger looks like he's going to break out and, and kind of be that number one guy or Alshon Jeffrey does come back and he's the big possession guy, um, then, then go that route. But you don't, you can draft, you can realistically draft, two of these guys and hang on to them if you wanted to and then kind of just see how it works out and see what Carson Wentz does with them. Um, the pass catchers from this team that you will be drafting, not you necessarily, but that people will be drafting, are the uh, tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Probably, off the top of my head, they're definitely top five pairing of tight ends in the league. They're probably close to like top one, top two, um, maybe with Tampa Bay and and if we get a healthy Jordan Reed maybe uh even even the San Francisco 49ers can make a rush or a run for that that title too but uh as of right now Ertz and Goddard they're they're an excellent pair um both of them can block I mean they're both really good pass catchers too but they both do have the availability to block uh so they can they'll definitely help out Miles Sanders in the in the run game which doesn't help you from a fantasy perspective as a tight end but um it does help you if you're a Miles Sanders owner but these guys they're both I mean, Zach Ertz is probably uh, Wentz's favorite target, but Dallas Goddard is starting to grow on him, especially if Alshon Jeffrey misses more time or or just doesn't even come back at all. Um, it's probably going to be these two are the, are the top two uh, target receivers outside of Miles Sanders. Yeah, and starting with Zach Ertz, he he's going tight end four right now, 41st off the board. For me, I mean, I almost guarantee that he's going to be in that top six range just on volume alone. I mean, there's very few tight ends in the league where you can confidently say they're their team's number one target. And you can confidently say that about Zach Ertz. So in that regard, he's very productive. He's very reliable. I have no doubts that he'll be heavily involved in this offense. This is the number one scheme in terms of being tight end heavy in the entire league. So uh, there's no doubt these guys are going to produce. I think my biggest problem with Ertz right now is just where he's going. I mean, you're kind of in the range 41st overall. In my opinion, you really need to start or you should be loading up on wide receivers and running backs. And with the tight end class being so deep, I would just rather wait on a younger guy with some upside and he could theoretically outperform Zach Ertz. Would I guarantee it? No, but it's definitely possible depending on who you take. So I think that's my problem with Ertz. It's not because he's not going to produce. It's just more that his draft capital for me is too high. For me personally, I'd rather have Dallas Goddard right now. Uh, and I think he's very underrated just because he almost has that stigma like he's a backup tight end. I mean, which he's not because they play two tight end sets. But I think when you're looking at your draft board, you're saying, okay, Zach Ertz, well, I'm not going to take their second tight end. <laughs> and as much as he is their second tight end, he just he gets a bad rap because of that. So for me, uh, last season, when you look at it, 
He had the 11th most points per game from the tight end position. He finished 10th overall in total points. And when you look at the average uh, draft position right now, he's being drafted as the 16th tight end off the board. And that's based on Yahoo, ESPN, all the different platforms. But there's some platforms where he's being drafted outside of the top 20 right now at the tight end position. And that's crazy for a guy last season that was top 10. And that was with Zach Ertz was on the field last year. So it's not because Zach Ertz missed time, but uh, Dallas Goddard was very consistent. When you look at his numbers almost every week, he was tight end 10, 10, 11, 10, 10, 9, 9, 8. I mean, every single week he was consistently producing. So I really like Goddard's value. And I'd say you definitely shouldn't fade on him just because he's a quote unquote, their second tight end. (laughs) All right, so that pretty much does it for the offense. Moving on to the special teams, we already mentioned that Miles Sanders um, has returned kicks. Uh, Boston Scott has also returned some kicks in the punting game, so uh, he's a guy that if you are cuffing Sanders or if you're if you're looking for a late round dart throw or, or probably best ball would probably be the best chance for him because you're not going to be playing him if best Miles ball. Sanders is uh, <laughs> if Miles Sanders is available. Um, their kicker, Jake Elliott, he's a good kicker, but we also are we also tend to stay away from uh, open air stadiums and and northeast stadiums. So, but Jake Elliott, if this offense could put up points, Jake Elliott is going to finish uh, as a as a pretty decent kicker uh, for fantasy purposes. But um, there's other kickers that are probably taking over him just because of playing up in Philadelphia and having the having the wind and the snow in, in late December. So uh, what are your thoughts on Elliott? Yeah, the Eagles are a very effective team in the red zone. So typically when you look at Jake Elliott over the past five years, he hasn't been overly productive for fantasy owners. So last season he was the 20th kicker overall in terms of total points. So I'm not really drafting him. I see him pretty consistently, though, in every single draft I'm in. He's drafted as a top 10 kicker, and he hasn't ever been a top 10 kicker. So, you know, that's kind of interesting to me. If anything, it's just name recognition because he's been their kicker for a few years now. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned between the weather and their efficiency in the red zone, I would probably be uh, steering away. All right, and then moving on to the defense as a whole, it's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, they do play in a outside of Dallas. They play in a in a semi weaker division um, with the with the football team and the Giants. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have the rest of their schedule in front of me, but they um just they got some individual names on this list that, as far as like fantasy purposes, I mean. If you're in the IDP league, most likely you're playing with a, de- a defensive lineman, a linebacker, and a defensive back of some sort. Um, so it, there's a couple of these guys that you can absolutely use on your fantasy team. It's just the the strongest position in fantasy is probably the Eagles' weakest position as far as IDPs go, um, and that's the linebacker de- position. But for for uh, for defensive linemen, I mean, you got Derek Barnett. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham on the back end. You got Jalen Mills, Darius Slay, who they got from Detroit, Nikel Roby Coleman, who could get away with pass interference calls. So they got um, they got some pretty <laughs> they got some pretty solid individual players, and as a team overall, I think they're going to be. I think the defense is going to be good. Um, I mean, just two years ago, we were saying how the how the secondary is 
probably the worst in the league. And now they actually have a pretty good secondary. Um, I mean, Darius Slade definitely helps that out a lot, but Jalen Mills has definitely stepped up. Avante Maddox, he was he's a fourth round pick in 2018, who's been pretty pretty solid last year. Um, not like a oh, world beater or anything like that, but he's 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 not bad. I mean, he's their starting right cornerback there, but they. They got some good IDPs there um, for the positions that you really aren't, that you just want to just throw somebody in there and, and hopefully get you some points. But as far as the linebackers go, I really don't have any that come to mind. Yeah, and I would agree with that. On the defensive line, I'm looking for sacks. Brandon Graham was their leader last season. He was the 16th highest scoring IDP defensive lineman last year. So if you're in a league, and I'm in a few where you play two D linemen, two linebackers, two DBs, he's a good second D lineman. But yeah, I mean, you make your money with your linebacking core, and I couldn't really tell you what's going to happen in this linebacking core. So this is a situation for me where somebody on this in this linebacking core is going to break through because almost every team has a hundred tackle guy and if you had to pinpoint one guy on this roster i really couldn't even give you one right now it's going to be a wait and see game uh you know i'd pay attention the first few weeks and see who's heavily involved in getting tackles and put them on your watch list because they could be a, a steal off the waiver wire but right now tj edwards is listed as their middle linebacker that's usually the number one candidate to lead the team in tackle. So I'd, uh, I'd throw a uh, watch star on that guy and see what he does the first few weeks of the season. Their quarterbacks, you mentioned, very uh, much improved. Their secondary has been terrible the past few years, and now uh, they'll be very solid this year. But their safeties, both of these guys are more playmakers. They're not really guys that get a ton of tackles, and they're not overly relevant in IDP formats. Uh, their defense as a whole last season was 15th, so you kind of mentioned they're better. They're a well-rounded unit, and they're better for real-life purposes than in fantasy. But you could see them sneaking as a back-end defense one realistically, especially with how much their secondaries improved this year. But yeah, there's not a ton of excitement overall, uh, IDP-wise. All right, and then finally, our final thoughts on them. Um, I believe that. When we talked, we talked about Dallas a couple episodes ago, and just the overall talent on Dallas, I think, is enough to for them to win the division, kind of take over that division. Uh, so Philly, I think, is the clear-cut number two. I don't think um, the Giants or Washington are coming in and and improving that much. It's going to be close. I mean, I could definitely see Philly as a playoff team, but I could see Dallas winning the division. You're probably looking at another nine and seven, maybe ten and six record from them. Obviously, the offense with Carson Wentz and and those wide receivers, if they step up, it could be even better than that. But I think uh, I think nine and seven is pretty much the floor uh, for having four semi easy wins in this division. And then, uh, like I said, I don't have the rest of the schedule in front of me, but um, it does seem it does seem like it's Dallas's division in 2020. But the Eagles can uh, can definitely make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, and I have them second in the division as well. I have them pegged for 10 wins. I mean, when you look at it, the biggest key for me is that improved secondary, but I definitely think they should be uh, a playoff contender this year. They're another one of those situations for me where Doug Peterson's a tremendous head coach, 
and he probably doesn't get as much press as he should, but he's a top 10 coach in this league, and we saw the job he did last year. And with a fully healthy team, especially on offense and an improved secondary, they could make a little bit of noise. All right, so there you have it. That's the Eagles, and uh, we'll see you guys next episode.